Hello Buglers and welcome to Top Stories, the show in which we at the Bugle raid our own archive to see what happened in the past. And in a week where US democracy is really doing its thing in 2022, let's go back to 2008 and issue 43 of the Bugle, in which John Oliver reported live from his bed in Denver at the Democratic Convention. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, top story this week, and it is the Democrats' volcano of democracy, which has been erupting over four days this week. And uh, I've been here the whole time, Andy, and let me tell you, the convention centre itself looks like what would happen if you got a six-year-old to design their own birthday party. <laughs> I want a million balloons and TV screens all up the wall onto the ceiling, and I want donuts, <laughs> thousands upon thousands of donuts. <laughs> Well, they're good donuts, John. That's the key. They were many donuts, yeah. Andy. So it depends really whether size is important for you with your donut. Well, it is or important. Or whether you to prefer me. the small donut in higher quantities. Well, I don't like donuts, so I like the small donut in small quantities. So it doesn't sound like it's right. a place for me, really. I always found that strange that you weren't a big donut fan, Andy. <laughs> Why is that strange? It's, well, it's such an inoffensive snack, the donut. Oh, Hitler liked donuts. the only food stuff that you know that Hitler enjoyed. Yeah, it's all he ate. That's, that's why he was so short. He didn't get all the vitamins <laughs> he needed when he was growing up, because he ate donuts. And I think, as uh, his actions showed, that man was over-sugared as well. <laughs> in many ways, too much short-burn energy. Maybe Germany would have been a different country <laughs> in the 30s if he had avoided the chocolate D. <laughs> anyway, back to the convention, John. Yeah. Must have been quite an amazing well, thing to see. It was, it was incredible. I was actually on the floor of the Obama speech uh, amongst the delegates, which was a place that somehow I had the credentials to be. And yet <laughs> I think all around me would have agreed that there was a problem with the issuing of those credentials. <laughs> it was quite a strange feeling being at a moment of genuine American history with the sole intention of finding a way to undermine it. <laughs> It really was strange. It was like being at Gettysburg and uh, taking a whoopee cushion with you. (laughs) At one point during the week, I found myself physically running after Jimmy Carter, trying to think of something ridiculous to say to him, if I could cut him off before he got behind a cinnamon stick stand. And uh, that sticks with an X. And it was almost out-of-body experience as I ran towards a living President of the United States getting ready to say something reprehensible. (laughs) Did you catch him? 
I did catch him. Oh. I think I did catch him. That was the thing. And so I was ready. I was ready to go, and then uh, the cameraman's battery went down. Yeah. So. So that's quite an awkward social situation, isn't it? When you chase down a former president and then you've got nothing to say. It was. I mean, he was looking at me very much with, uh, who the f*** are you in his eyes? <laughs> <laughs> and why are you standing in my way? Uh, but yeah, so sadly, Jimmy Carter and I only got to enjoy an awkward silence rather than an awkward conversation. So what, what, did, you, what did you do to break that silence? I think I said, sorry, Mr. President. The camera battery seems to have gone down. He didn't seem as disappointed with that as I was. Right. <laughs> and so he simply continued on uh, right. into the arena. <laughs> Where he fought a bear, bare-handed. That's right, that was what he was there for. It was uh, Carter versus the bear. It was the 3pm slot. <laughs> He'd done a lot of speeches in his time, Andy. Now he just likes to do bear fighting. <laughs> the real Jimmy Carter at last. That's right, so he just did 20 minutes of that. <laughs> did pretty well. Uh, what did you think of the uh, stage at the uh, the stadium speech? The uh, s supposed Barracopolis, as it was described by Republicans. It was a natural phenomenon, Andy. <laughs> Ten columns rose overnight out of the stadium's floor. No one knows how they got there. No one knows when they're leaving. <laughs> but it is one of the great natural phenomena of life. Ten Greek columns standing there. I mean, it was an incredibly arrogant move. <laughs> Pretty much to say, I'm Zeus, this is Mount Olympus. But <laughs> Look on my democracy, <laughs> ye mighty, and despair. Well, that, that, of course, is how Stonehenge began. It was a, a political rally in the early 19th century. <laughs> well, it's just a druid. Yeah. Like, yes, we can. Yes, we can what druid? Yes, we can what? Yes, we can do spells. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard that the Democrats actually toned it down a bit. Uh, from their original plans. Because in rehearsal, I heard that uh, Barack Obama came out carried by Persian slaves in a tunic, sacrificed a bull, and invoked the vengeance of Zeus in his feud with, feud with John McCain before declaring war on Sparta, stripping naked and wrestling a teenage boy. <laughs> to get the full kind of Greek analogy going. You never know. I, I think that might have won over some of the undecideds. <laughs> I think it might have been a mistake just to go with words in the end. <laughs> You can dress it up how you like. It's still words coming out of a man's mouth. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, stripping naked and wrestling a boy. I mean, it was quite a momentous speech. What, what did you make of it? I, I was. I mean, yeah, I was there, but I was also working, and was uh, so I heard very little of it until I actually got back at night. I mean, it seemed pretty impressive. What did you find? Well, personally, John, I wanted a bit more policy detail. I was hoping... Well, I'm not sure these 70,000 crowds would have agreed with that. Well, I think, John, you know, <laughs> he was basically showboating. He had a crowd of you know, people already on his side there. He should have, you know, it was a very safe speech. You know, he all, he, we all knew he was going to get a standing ovation. If he'd been really brave, he'd have done a six-hour ramble through the technical and financial details of the legislation he's planning. Let's see if he can hold a crowd when he's reading out footnotes and describing graphs. That is the real test of his rhetorical skills, John. There was a demand that he do some more policy detail whipping around the crowd with a Mexican wave. <laughs> and it all seemed a bit scripted as well. You know, it'd be nice if he'd riffed a bit. You know, a bit of banter <laughs> with the crowd. You know, just get the front row. You, what's your name? Where'd you come from? Disappointing. Well, it's all signposted around the front. Right. They've all literally got little sticks saying Idaho, Arkansas. So that kind of 
it negates your ability to do crowd work. Right. But surely Idaho, there, that's, I mean, that's, you know, Idaho, there's an, there's an easy, easy kind of deliberate misunderstanding of the word Idaho. They could have got a bit blue with that, surely. That would have wound the crowd up a bit. Wouldn't it not be more interesting for these conventions? Because, you know, it's all a bit kind of happy clappy, isn't it? It'd be more interesting if the yeah. presidential candidates had to give their speeches at their opponent's convention. That would be more of a test, and it would be a tougher crowd. And now I think we can see what they're really made of. That is a fantastic idea, Andy. That really will be going booed onto the stage. <laughs> yeah, then we'll see how good he is. Because then you really would want to get the biggest possible place as well. <laughs> <laughs> McCain will be speaking in front of 55 million people <laughs> on top of a mountain. John, one of the uh, the best speeches uh, for my money came from Cheryl Crow, the Democratic Party spokeslady for Country Rock, which I, I think it does look like uh, Cheryl Crow setting herself up for a tilt at being president in 2016. You know, I, I, I'd vote for her, you know, if I were American and had a guitar. But I was a bit slightly disappointed. I mean, she, here was a woman singing "A Change Will Do You Good," which was a touch of hypocrisy as she blasted out. A 1997 hit for like the 8,000th time. Is the fact that every day is a winding road, is this the official Obama line now, John? Or was this a bit off message from the nine-time Grammy Award winner? You know, that's what I want to know. Just seems to be slightly running against the tide. Well, also, she's the unelected representative of Country Rock, really? and the, it's very much a dictatorship she's practising <laughs> at the moment. There were some very interesting ideas in Obama's speech, John. He seems to be in favour of a better economy better health care and better education for America. These all seem like good ideas, John. How come no-one in American politics has suggested these things before? Well, it is a bold new strategy, but, uh, you know, McCain is a very different candidate, so do be prepared for next week when he'll be very much going the other way. <laughs> he's, got, he's got to separate himself from Obama now. Yeah. So the Republican convention really will be about killing everybody. <laughs> Well, at least it'll mark them out as different from the Democrats. That's exactly. What, that's what it's all about. Now, as a, as a neutral spectator, John, of the convention, and by neutral I mean non-existent, given that I spent most of last week in the west coast of Scotland, where the only news they're interested in is whether the beer and whiskey has arrived. Um, <laughs> everything else is a very, very small footnote. So I, I find it quite hard to catch up, <laughs> keep up with the, the exciting uh, backslapping and uh, hooting of the convention. I did uh, try to stay up for Obama's speech, but unfortunately it was on about 3.30 in the morning. I fell asleep about half an hour before he came on. But I did. I just remember thinking there was 80,000 people in the stadium getting really overexcited. You wonder, can he keep that momentum going? Because I remember uh, leaving a, an occasion like that, thinking that, uh, you know, in England, coming to the next general election, I just walked out of a stadium with 80,000 people shouting and screaming. I remember thinking there was no way, come the next election, that the England rugby team won't win it. But since their victory over Ireland in March, they've really failed to build on that popular support. And, you know, will Obama make the same mistakes? Well, I don't know, Andy. I mean, Obama's young, unlike the England rugby team, who are, of course, <laughs> quite an ageing group. Uh, he's also very much about new ideas rather than reactionary, defensive manoeuvring. Also, Obama's pledged to end American dependence on Middle East oil within ten years. This is quite an exciting <laughs> pledge, John. I guess we've got to give credit to George W. Bush for this. Because if he hadn't spent so much of his eight years in charge proving how dangerous it is to be dependent on Middle East oil, Obama wouldn't have said that. So really, that is very much a Bush policy. That's right, it's more of the same, <laughs> Andy. Four more years, 
four more years. Uh, there we go, Buglers. Catch more topical content, including our live 15th birthday shows and the main Bugle podcast feed now. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. <laughs>